Hi, welcome back to Shitty Jobs. This is episode three. Today, I have my friend Shelby Travers with me. Hello, Duncan. <laughs> um, today, we are enjoying a sour, another sour beer. Uh, it is the Raspberry Uber from Nickelbrook out of Burlington. So I'm going to crack it now. Ooh, nice sound. I got that. Ooh, and the glug, glug, glug. Exactly. I know. Sounds so apt. Great suggestion. Yeah. <laughs> by your guest, Shelby Travers. I know. Is it total, total credit for this? Okay. So let's describe the visuals of this beer to your listeners. It looks like fizzy juice, if I'm being perfectly honest. Mm-hmm. Fizzy, beautiful, crimson juice. Kind of a little bit cranberry-ish. A little bit. So little do bit. we cheers? But sure, let's do that. Ooh, another great sound. Out of five, what would you get out? Pretty good. I'd give it like a four. I think a four, I think a f- like 3.5, four. Yeah. Fours deserve for that. It's pretty. It's pretty good. It'd be very easy to drink. Well, yeah, it's mm-hmm. only. It leaves a nice like little residue in your lips. You slick it off. I think it's only like three percent. Have a little snack after. Three point eight percent. That's pretty. It's pretty easy drinking in the summer. Yeah, yeah. So starting off, what was your first job? You don't want to introduce how we met. Well, I guess we could. We met on Bumble, but when we previously recorded this, you called it boring. <laughs> Yeah, so um, Duncan and I matched on the dating app Bumble um, because we're both desperate and single AF at the time. And uh, we went out. It was a great evening, but unfortunately we had no physical chemistry. Because I talked about myself the entire evening, apparently. Duncan talks about himself quite a bit, uh, which is wonderful. But my first job, my first job... I mean, other than, like, the basic babysitting ones, yep. I was a host at Moxie's Classic Bar and Grill. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I have frequented Moxie's in the east end of Ottawa mm-hmm. a decent amount. Yeah. And that actually surprises me. Would I be, like, what you would expect from a Moxie's girl? You Okay, so your Valley Girl voice, <laughs> yes. Um, but in terms of just, like, level of intelligence, no. Oh, thank you. I know, I know. But see, that's the problem is people look at me and hear me talk and they don't think I am quite smart. <laughs> but it turns out, in proof, fact, that I wrong. am. Yeah. As uh, I have told you, I have a very high IQ. Yeah, so that was it. And honestly, like, such a tough job. Like, people... It, I was 15 at the time and, like, completely sexualized, which is really interesting, right? But you had to wear... A black dress yeah. that had to be, like, so many inches above your knee. Okay. Like, usually jobs are, it has to be so long and, yeah. like, that type of thing. It was complete opposite. And you weren't allowed to wear flats. Heels. You had to wear heels yeah. that were at least so many inches. Which, just think about how, like, tough that is to be on your feet doing, like, a service type of job, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely incredible. And, yeah, they would just be, like, drunk guys coming in and, like... Hitting on you, and once again, like, I think back to being 15 and, like... At, at 15 as well, like... Right? Yeah. And I was very, like, I developed quite young. Yeah. So I think that's why it was fine for me to get that job. It's probably why they took me seriously. But, like, yeah, I think, I, I don't think that they're, I don't think that's a great job. I'm happy that I had it, because it taught me a lot, but... Yeah. Well, it seemed like the the clientele at that place is not. It's it's kind of that lawyer, businessman, douchebag. Yeah. 
that are clientele. trying to look at pretty girls. Well, that's it. And like, I don't know. Was was there any like specific situation that was like particularly fucked up when it came to well clients? There was a couple, and maybe not that, but I like how you say clients. It makes it sound like an escort service. Well, <laughs> patrons. I don't know, drunkards. Um, like, yeah. Uh, guests, maybe? Sure. <laughs> um, there was a couple. One that was actually from the manager's point of view. Okay. I came, I, was, I woke up late, so um, this was like one of the lunch, like brunch hour yeah. shifts. And I slept in, being a 15-year-old. <laughs> and uh, so I was just like, oh, well, like I won't wear any makeup. It'll be fine. Yeah. And they said to me once I got there, they would have preferred me to, you know, shower and come late and be in a full face of makeup, which once again, it's just, you know, you think about what an impact that has on a 15 year old girl, right? The the values in the business that you were working in were not about, you know, being timely or efficient. It's it's about how you uh, present yourself. Uh, visually. Hey, they want their servers with low self-esteem, okay? I wasn't even a server. I was just a host, Well, sure. Man. Yeah, fair, but still. Right? Like, <laughs> super interesting, though. And then other than that, like, I remember, like, guests just getting, like, mad at you if something happened in their dish. And I was like, man, like, I don't even serve you your food. I just sat you down. Like, that's all I do is I just tell you the drink specials, yeah. have you sit down, give you a nice seat, and I'm there to smile for you to have it. But there's honestly, there's so many things I could tell you. Like I remember one of the servers said that she was going to start working at the strip club to make more money. Like once again, like these, these were the type of values that I was around. And then, yeah, I once had a group of drunk guys come in and they ended up. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, they left me like a bunch of cash and I was like, that's great. Yeah. But then also, like, you know, they're trying to get your number and that type of stuff. And then at what point do I'm like, I'm 15. Did, did you ever, <laughs> I was going to, I was just going to ask, like, did you ever drop that on anyone? Or? No. Well, I was going to say, no. well, I mean. But I did have one guy that was really interested in me. He worked at the golf course, come and, like, sit down as a guest there because, you know, I was working. And you really like that guest. To, that, like, yeah. that guest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was cute. It was all right. Oh, okay, fair. <laughs> but, like, I, I would I would hate to think how someone re- would react to you saying, like, by the way, I'm 15. Because, it's like... questionable if they'd even care. Well, that's the thing. Some people are like, oh, I don't care. Like, that's yeah. awesome. <laughs> like, well, because it's like, what were they trying to get out of it? I don't... Like, I don't think they were trying to, like, really get me home or anything. I think, honestly, like, those type of jobs, they really just want something that they can look at to... I don't know, to play with a bit for a while they're there and then they go home and they go home to their wives or whatever. And that's like, I don't know. I I feel bad like shading on these like bar and grill type of places so much, but I really feel like they're, they're they're the escorts. What escort is to prostitution. Yeah. Moxie's Bar and Grill is to strip club. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I don't know. It's the, P, it's the PG look, but don't touch. Exactly. Okay, exactly. Yeah. I don't know. And I just I just remember it. Just And even still to this day, like when I tell people that was my first job, they like have this uh, like perception of like who I am. And they're like, oh yeah, I can see that. And I'm like... I wouldn't have actually said that. Really? Surprisingly. Even though you say I have a valley girl voice? You got a little, you, 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 got, you, got a, you got a bit of a valley girl voice. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> so how, okay, so 
Like, I know how tipping works for the waitresses, where it's, you know, whatever tables you're working. Yeah. And I know that they, they always tip a percentage out to the kitchen, because I've worked kitchen, like, shitty yeah. kitchen jobs before. But how does it work with the hostess? Well, what they did at Moxie's is it just was, like, a pool. Like, all the tips that the waitresses oh, okay. made, that it's pooled up and divided amongst people. Right. Which I always had an issue with. Um, sure, because, like, hard life on the waitress or whatever. But yeah. I, I think it's unfair, because it's like, what if I did a great job and they... They appreciated their experience with me, but then they didn't appreciate their experience with their waitress. They appreciated, you know, their food yeah. service. So then, like, you know, the the frontline stuff being, like, the host and then the background people, like, the, the chefs and, like, that type of stuff, then they're getting a percentage based on the representation of the waiter or waitress. Right? That doesn't right. seem right. Yeah, it seems a little bit unbalanced that way. Yeah, I don't know, but I feel like kind of the whole people are going to hate me for this, but I feel like the whole tipping thing is honestly, it, it's a discussion and a battle that doesn't really need to be had. Like, you know, I feel like people are like, oh, well, if we don't get our tips and we don't like make the money that we should. And it's like, well, then don't get into that job. I, yeah. Get me onto a whole thing about like where people <laughs> complain about what they make. It's like, then move on to a different job, work your ass off, like yeah. go for it. I'm super, super like, I don't know. I'd say driven in my career. Well, that's part of the whole perspective of controlling what you can control, really. Yeah, exactly. Like, I hate when people complain about work. Hey, I complain about work all the time. I know. (laughs) How long? Like, how how long did you do that job for? I think it was just kind of like a seasonal, like summer thing. I think I started doing it when I was into like school. Yeah. God, I think that would have been like yeah, going into grade ten, and it was just that. Like, you know, once again, like, these places are open till, like, 1 o'clock in the morning. And then after that, then you've got to, you know, roll all the cutlery and clean everything up. And you you sometimes aren't out there until, like, 3 in the morning. It's it's true. And, like, how can you do that when you're in grade 10? Like, you know what I mean? And I'm having, like, my dad come and pick me up. And then if they keep me late, then my dad's just, like, sitting there, like, waiting for me. I don't know. Complications. That's great. Oh, I know they're rolling the cutlery pain. Well, so I would have been cleaning the kitchen while yeah. basically like the service, like the way. So, what did you that. do in the restaurant business? Let's talk about that. Sure, we can. Um, it was a lot of just like random cooking jobs, yeah. from like being a sous chef to sort of greasy spoon place. Mm-hmm. Um, that's actually it was actually at like, at like a shitty diner where I met my ex wife. Oh my god! She was at the front house. I was in in the kitchen. Oh, I know. It's such a such a like a romantic environment. Yeah. <laughs> so okay. So back to you. Like off of me. Um, do you find now that you've worked in the service industry and been dealing with tipping that you consistently tip more, or are you more attuned to like not tipping at all when it's bad service and tipping really well when it's good service? I don't know. This is goes back to like the whole with me with like a tipping thing. Yeah. Um. I'd say I, I'm g- I'm generally like an eighteen percent tipper. Same. Um. And I'd say that because oh, I don't know why, but I feel like I've been made to feel guilty if someone if I don't tip someone correctly. Which once again, I I still don't feel like it's my responsibility to to do that. So I no, don't know. It's one of those weird like paying it forward things. You're like, hey, I've been here before. At I least guess. at least with me anyways. Yeah. Even if it's shitty service, I'll still like Let's put it this way. 15. I'd rather give that tip to someone who's like struggling on the street or donate it to charity. That's a good point. Bottom line. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like so that's kind of like my contradiction in my head is I'm like, you know, I do think that service industry jobs um should be a stepping stone. 
and can be can push you towards further things and if you are completely relying on the fact like then it goes into like tipping up like other things right like okay when the uber eats guy comes and delivers me my food should i be tipping him how much should i be tipping him so i don't know that literally the whole tipping thing is something that I, I constantly am having like self debates for and want to int- like hear what other people do because yeah like I, I tip when I go and get like my facials done I tip I tip them yeah um, haircut haircut exactly yeah. and then it's like okay well we base things off of tipping in the the service industry mm-hmm. um, based on the fact that they don't make I guess the minimum wage without it at least that's what I. at least with waitresses i know yeah because tips are included with that they make slightly less than minimum wage exactly and so then if that's true then okay then does why do we tip the same percentage for absolutely everyone i don't know these are the questions that keep me up at night i can't can't (laughs) tell you and now i'm going into like every other job that's out there by tipping dilemma Tipping just confuses me. And I just feel like I do a lot of it, yeah, because of, like, what society tells me to do. It's like, you should do between, eight, like, 15% isn't acceptable anymore. Yeah. No, it's, it's not. Like, it's, they almost guilt you into it. Right. With, with a lot of, like, the, you know, like, the, the debit credit machines, where it's, that's the bottom rung. Exactly. Like, <laughs> even when you go to Bridgehead, which is, like, a coffee shop, yeah. like, uh, you know, Starbucks and type of thing, and even Starbucks, like, yeah, you, there's an option to tip now, and, like, it prompts you, and, like, would you like to leave a tip? And you're like, oh, I feel rude if I don't. But then at the same time, like, you know, why? You just took my order. Yeah. Like, well, there's even some places where it's like they're shitty, where there's like eighteen percent is the bottom. And yeah, then or you like, have to do other. Yeah. Oh, oh, exactly. It's, right. It's ridiculous. I don't know. It just all these things. Like I said, I just find it a struggle. But I see, like I see what you mean about the stepping stone job. At least I know when I was working, sort of these shitty uh, like kitchen jobs or just like any other sort of like service industry job. That I found that to be motivating. Like oh, shit, I'm going to go to school and never do this again. Yeah, exactly. Like, and, and for me, like, this is where I think, like, with it being my first job, it taught me a lot. It taught me that, like, one, I would never work in the restaurant industry and never. I have no drive to ever go back to that. Um, like, I know some people it just really works for. They really love it. They love yeah. the social community of it. For me, I just found it so exhausting, so draining, so immoralizing, uh, like, just me like does not feel good about literally anything (laughs) i don't even know what the positives were of it like i don't want to say that it taught me the value of money because i think i've already had the value of money like for that so that's fair i don't know so on that somber note if that (laughs) wasn't so that was your first job what was your worst job (laughs) bad oh really um (laughs) no (laughs) <laughs> it's like how much should I shade? Um, my worst job was actually my job prior to the one that I'm at, okay. and it was my worst job because of how toxic it was and how terrible it made me feel. So I graduated uh, media communications at uh, Humber, and um, after that, like I got employed right away. I networked myself like crazy, and that was. With a nonprofit organization, um, I was living in Toronto at the time, where Humber College is, and the job was in Calgary. So I uprooted my life. I moved out there um, and started my job as communications coordinator um, for all of Alberta and Northwest Territories. Okay. So um, 
it was a great job like I, I in the way like so I loved what I was really doing I was spreading a message that I was passionate about in helping people who are blind and low vision get their message out there right. and I was trying to give a younger perspective on things where this is an organization that's been around for a hundred years mm-hmm. and had I think like a dated perspective on things and I think I could highlight um, the real true experiences of their clientele um, and so I was happy to do that and I thought I'd actually get to be a voice and also it should be known that I interned with the same organization in Toronto doing the same working in the same field mm-hmm. um, but on the national level and I did more when I was an intern than when I was a full-time employee I was so controlled <laughs> every single one of my ideas was bashed down or like I was I was doing four of their social media pages but before I submitted absolutely anything I had to have it approved by the manager and it's like why are you like how much time is this wasting you know like if you don't trust me to write a social media post like it's just it's not time effective and I'd come up with these ideas there was even times when I wrote I found the story um of this uh woman who was 32 and she had a, a condition called retinitis pigmentosa and she was losing her sight and she was running those like mutter type of runs and she was okay. traveling around Alberta doing them and I was like what a cool story I need to get this in the media we can target a whole different type of media with going with sports route mm-hmm. and really educating people on like this is what blindness is this is not what you think of like an old person who can't do things like these are people who are young they're out there they're active and so i thought it was a great idea and a great way for us to get our branding out there right um as a national organization and uh so at first it wasn't approved and then uh because apparently the executive director didn't like it so then i i took the initiative to talk to my executive director (laughs) on why this was that it didn't work because my supervisor told me that it didn't meet the branding because it the story focus was not about the organization it was about a client once Uh. again i don't understand that because our clients were the best part about the organization it's a client focused Organ- non-profit organizations supporting anyways <laughs> so so how how has it taken you um pres- like at least at least from an optics perspective sort of jumping rank like into my job now no 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 i meant in terms of like oh going, going, pa- going past your seat. i don't think that the thing is i was going around i was no. going to a different person this is the tough part about my job right. because uh it was that like it was almost like sometimes i had two managers and there wasn't that clear concise thing because someone would say oh this person said this oh this person said this because my manager was in bc and i was in alberta so there was there was a lot of like confusion because the executive director was in my office so she could directly supervise me a lot of confusion so then the executive director said that that was not true at all that that was just a story so then i go back to the manager of communications and i say okay well like this is the situation she thinks it's a great idea so I did it. I wrote up this press release. I started doing these media calls, building my media list. The day before, oh, and I told, you know, the client, yes, come to Calgary. I'm going to be there. I'm going to make sure, like, these things are organized. Um, I want to meet with you before so that we can go over some media stuff. And, uh, yeah, I had everything all planned out. 
But then, like I said, the day before, it got canceled. And it mm. got canceled because the executive director was not there. And they didn't feel like they had a spokesperson for the organization. Why was the girl that was running the race that got services from this organization not spokesperson enough? Like, once again, that was just it. It was just like I felt like I wasn't allowed to do my job. Yeah. And I felt like I was spending so much time preparing these things, writing these things, calling these places for it to be dropped. Like that. Yeah. Like, and that's so frustrating and it's so, like, like they didn't even care. And I really did care and I think that was really frustrating. Long story made short, I got laid off from that job. Oh, really? Yeah. So even though I moved across the country and I did all that and they told me that, so I started the job in June. I got hired in April. In between April and June is when they found out they were going to lay me off. Oh, why they geez. didn't let this they be known to me, even though I had a job offer also in Toronto. Yeah. I don't know. That's unusual. What Did you find that it was a lot of sort of micromanaging? Yes, yeah, okay. 100%. It was That's... so micromanaged. It was so bureaucratic. Yeah. Like, you've talked to me about how uh, sometimes it's like the, you have to go through all these processes and these steps to get anything done. And it was yeah. the exact same thing. It was like, I have the solution. Like, you have to at least trust your employee a certain extent. If you're going to hire them, you're going to pay them. Like you've got to trust me to a certain extent. They even like, you know, put barriers on me wanting to go like Facebook live and like really? all that type of stuff. They're like, I don't know. And I'm like, like I tried so hard. Cause I was like, listen, I'm younger. I'm part of this demographic. You have to listen to me a little bit. Like we have to start, like, why are we marketing our social media pages to our, our donors and to mm-hmm. our older clientele. That's not where they're going to be finding the information. The information on social media is going to be for your clients. It's, yeah. Right? Anyways. Uh- <laughs> no, it's, it's it's unfortunate that you have people like, yeah, micromanager like that acting out of a place of insecurity. Where mm-hmm. It's purely about the optics of I'm in control. Yeah. And the second someone comes forward with an idea, it's there's, there's a, a complete apprehension about it because it's, oh, it's not my idea. Yeah, and I think part of it comes from, too, with me being young and being right. in those uh, positions. Uh, there was many people that, like, worked there. Like, I was by far the youngest person, maybe by 20 years. Oh, really? And, yeah, and, I mean, I have to think about most workplaces are kind of like that. Like, I'm in my mid-20s. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not what people expect to be in these type of positions at my age. Yeah. So soon out of school. Um, but, so, I, I have people say, like, oh, like, you know, my kids are your age, or like, oh, you're such a baby, like, all those type of comments, which, once again, like, that's what made that environment really negative, too, because I kind of always felt like I was being demeaned because of my age. Right. Not understanding, okay, I do have quite a bit of experience under my belt. Like, yes, I just finished school, but I've been working my ass off since I was 15 years old to make a public figure and make a public face for Mm -hmm. me so that, yeah, people can Google me and know who I am. Like, that's something that I've been working on for 10 years like this isn't sure I don't have like any direct like oh I'm in a job yeah for this many years but that's still a lot of experience with me going out to media being a spokesperson for this being a spokesperson for that like it's a lot of work Mm -hmm. and um it doesn't come from anywhere and clearly I'm passionate about it of course and I think like it was always seen as just such a negative that yeah at, at my age like that I was there and it was like, you know, what does my age have to do with anything? Yeah. Well, it feels like, too, in a lot of jobs, just in general, like in a lot of workplaces in general, 
especially, you know, it, when it's sort of like an educated, sort of qualified mm-hmm. workplace, there's really that strong focus on seniority and, and paying totally. your duty, like paying your dues. Yeah. When, like, I know people in my current job and, pre- and past jobs who just sit there and just yeah. screw around all day. Yeah. But because, oh, I've been there for 10 years, therefore. Oh my God, especially like, with government. Like, it, it means nothing. Like, yeah. seniority actually means nothing. Nothing. In fact, a lot of times, sometimes it means that you're dated and you need to get out because yes. you need to, and I think that's part of it too, is it's, it's kind of like you need to re-educate yourself at a certain point too. Because yeah, if you've been in the industry for 10 years, especially for something like media, for example, yeah. I'm sorry, it's changed a shit ton in mm-hmm. 10 years. Just because you have your 10 years under your belt, guess what? All that education and all that experience has led you to nothing because it's changed now. Yeah. You know, like, so that's once again, like, I just don't, I don't think. Also, that place was terrible. I'll give you this story because this is pretty cringeworthy. Um, After two weeks of working there, um, so I have a guide dog. My guide dog's name is Frances. She's pretty great. Um, After two weeks of working there, I was called into a meeting with the vice president of the organization, my executive director, and my direct supervisor, along with HR. Which you can assume that would not be a good call. No, no. <laughs> so I was told when I first started that Frances could be off harness and off leash, and she was welcome to roam around the office. Okay. So I take that at face value when someone says that. I think that that's the truth. Yeah. So I do that. This call was arranged with a meeting invite over mail outlook and um it was titled guide dog etiquette in the office in this call they proceeded to say that my guide (laughs) dog who was off harness and not working that she should retire oh really that she should retire they have the audacity to say that and that uh basically hating like saying these things about her which i mean my Sure, she's my dog, but she's my way of getting around. She's my independence and everything. And for someone else to say her experience and how she performs as a job when she is not working was so ignorant to me. And this organization was a dedicated institution for the blind. So for them to not even understand that and to make this big deal... With HR and everything, yeah. without even having like a one-on-one conversation, be like, "Hey, Shelby, I've noticed this about Francis. Like, what do you think?" No, it was a big deal. Well, especially since it's like HR. Like, I don't know how many HR people plus three other people, presumably sitting across the table from you, basically. Oh no, it was a conference call. Oh, it was a con- it was a con- oh jeez. Yes, it was a meeting invite for a conference. Call. How demeaning, Holy right? Shit. And just how disrespectful, how inappropriate. I just think, like, that's bottom line. Like, I Uh, think that's so inappropriate. You do not have the right to tell me how my guide dog, when she should retire, how she should act. That is not your place. That's It's so inappropriate. So, um, moral of the story, I'm very happy that I'm no longer in that position. Well, yeah. They laid me off, but it is fine. (laughs) I learned a lot. I may have spent a lot of money having to move across the country again. They didn't. They didn't provide any sort of like moving fund, house hunting. No severance. No jeez. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yes. That sounds like a pretty awful place. Uh huh. So that's quite the worst. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so about, talk about shitty jobs. Yeah, I was gonna say. How, <laughs> how about your best job? Um, my best job. I, I'm, it's gonna sound so corny, but it's the position I'm in right now. Yeah. So um, 
my direct title would be the broadcast presenter for Ottawa. What that basically means, that's the UK version of saying you're a reporter slash on-camera personality. Mm-hmm. So I work at an organization called Accessible Media Incorporated, AMI, which is a, a, media, a national Canadian uh, media group uh, that covers basically anything that has to do with accessibility on any sort of platform. We started out um, just trying to make things uh, accessible, uh, media content for the blind. And that's really grown into not just making things that are accessible, but talking about these topics that aren't often discussed in the media. And I love that I get to do that. It's just, it's really fun. I'm in a positive work environment generally. Um, it's really relaxed. I love that I can swear. I love that it's a performance job um, because, I mean, I've acted since I was seven years old. Like, acting has literally been my entire life. And I get to be around people who are just as passionate about media as I am. And it's it's a lot of fun. And it's just, like, these are people I travel with. I spend more time with them than I do with mm-hmm. anyone else. And uh, it's really, it's fun. Nice. Yeah. So, like, what's what's probably, like, the best or most interesting place you've traveled as part of this job? Um, I mean, I guess it would be, like, to San Francisco now. Okay. Um, as Thus far. And I think it's just, like, being able to go to, like, you know, the Game Developers Conference and the Game Accessibility yeah. Conference. Like, that's something that's really cool that, like, I, I personally would have never had any interest to do, mm-hmm. right? That's not something where I would have been, like... I want to go to this conference. I want to learn about video games. That would have never crossed my mind. But this job gave me the opportunity to to break into this demographic and this social platform that I've learned so much from. And I never would have if I never had this job, right? And I, I just, I love to learn new things about literally anything. And it's, it's just so cool to talk to these different people. So that's been really cool. I'm also going to Newfoundland pretty soon. There you I'm go. excited about that because I've <laughs> I've always wanted to go to kind of like the East Coast. Yeah. Like I've been so many places, like mostly everywhere in Canada, excluding the territories and Maritimes. Um, the Maritimes are quite nice. Yeah, in, so I, I think it'll be cool. Nice. Yeah, let's go to Newfoundland and. I mean, once again, like it, it, it's obviously like super long hours. Like you know, there's. Working a 14-hour day is mm-hmm. not, you know, strange to me. I'm taking a flight on Monday. Uh, like, it's we leave at 6.30 a.m. Okay. to go to Vancouver. So, like, you know, it's absolutely crazy. But, and, you know, then the next, the whole week, we're just filming and stuff. So, you know, it's a lot. I don't think it's for everyone. And I think that's where people are like, oh, my God, TV. Like, I would love to do that. Even I've done commercials. And people are like, oh, my God, that's such great money. Like, uh, maybe I'll do it. Not that easy. No, shoots, reshoots, everything. Yeah. Also, just being judged. My appearance is constantly critiqued. Constantly. I have a meeting tomorrow discussing my wardrobe. Like, right? Like, this is is what it is. It's planning out what I'm going to be wearing on certain days and how my makeup will be and how my hair will be and how I have to talk. And how I have to totally perform myself, which I personally love. Mm -hmm. I find it very stimulating. But gosh, you have to have thick skin yeah. to be able to handle that, like completely. I, I like I know I know at least before we went on our first date, I looked yeah. you, I looked you up on you. Like of course I looked you up on like YouTube. Yeah. And stuff. The second you the second you mentioned you were in like 
Media. television broadcasting. Yeah. Of course, I looked you up. Yeah. Fair number of YouTube videos. Yeah. Did you ever find a moment where you actually looked at the comments for that? Because I know people have talked about that being the most horrendous. Oh, 100%. Like, and everyone's think, super positive. Were they actually? Oh my gosh. Literally, I have you. never seen a negative comment about me. Wow. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. I've never seen it. Most people are like, um, my best friend is uh, pretty successful on YouTube. She's almost yeah. got a million subscribers. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, I've been featured in her videos and stuff. And people like always want me to be brought back. Yeah. And um, yeah, I, I think, and I think part of it is just, um, my approach to things is always quite casual, mm-hmm. um, and even that's that's with growing with this job that I'm in now yeah. at AMI. I'm having to learn the persona and the personality that our audience likes and that my producer likes, and it's definitely I, I can relax a bit more mm-hmm. because the the person that people like is just me being me. It, it's me being sassy and being like my total self instead of trying to be so rigid and corporate and like reporter like like that's just not me well nobody yeah nobody likes that sort of first like forced persona at all but i think it it's finding the forced persona that works for you because i think some people do like do you think the newscasters like and news anchors actually talk like that in their day-to-day God, life no, but I, okay so like, but it works for it it does but me personally i don't particularly care for that you wouldn't like if i was like and now I'm sitting with Duncan, no, and we're no, ready to no, talk I, about I, I, <laughs> shitty I, I, jobs. I, I appreciate your sassy valley girl attitude. Yeah. <laughs> but that is, like, sometimes when I'm, like, recording a voiceover or something, yeah. like, that's the voice I have to put on. Like, I'm like, I'm Ottawa presenter Shelby Travers, <laughs> and I'm here, like... <laughs> yeah. And I think it's funny for people to see me just, like, turn that on like a switch. But, like, I don't know. Yeah, you did that pretty effortlessly, I gotta yeah. say. Little, little creepy. A just just a little bit. Yeah. See me like switch up. Yeah, who I am. yeah you, do, you even did the head jerk there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing too. So, like in in like my like actual persona, like how I am, you will catch me in every single photo. I always have a head tilt. Oh, like that's me. But then if you see me like trying to be like like someone else or being like more more corporate, then I'm like so much more rigid. My smile will be oh, different. Okay. Like everything about that. And that just comes from my acting, like, honestly. Yeah. Like, it's just learning about how many muscles you have in your face and how you can contort your face and just, I don't know, portray this whole story differently just based on your face. It's so cool. I'm so passionate about it. I can hear my voice and just hearing how, like, into it I'm getting. I need to calm down. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> a little excited. Yeah. Um, how about sort of, like, worst coworkers or most eccentric coworkers? Oh, my God. Um, I mean... You don't have to mention anything from your current job. Okay, but the, <laughs> my current job is probably where there is the worst coworker, oh, really? which is funny because, yeah, he just, one time, this is part of it where you just get too comfortable with people, right? right? Um, because you are spending so much time together and you're on these trips and you're, you know, I don't want to say spending the night together, but yeah, yeah you're, you're sleeping like all within very close quarters and like you're in hotel rooms next to each other. You're seeing each other in the morning and breakfast. So he may have had a drink or whatever and um, told me that he didn't see me being taken seriously in news and didn't really see me having a future in this career. And that really shot me down once again. Like I can imagine. Yeah, yeah with him being the videographer, it really stuck to me. That's, he also said some pretty, yeah. like... 
the first week of me working there, he said some super sexist comments like women can't be firefighters and every woman with that's had like a sexual assault is just doing it for attention and blah, 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 blah. And women who are assaulted and don't go to the police, like they're just making drama and they're making it worse for everyone else because then someone else can be attacked. Like honestly, like the most cringy things. And once again, like starting out, yeah at a new job where I had, like, a previously terrible work experience. It was tough. And once again, like, he's the videographer. I am the performer. I have to be completely vulnerable with this person. But then now kind of know what they think about females in general and know what they think about me personally. It's pretty tough to perform. I can can imagine. So, like, what was the sort of uh, catalyst for him mentioning these specific things? Was it just completely out of the blue, or was it sort of like a natural segue into this It's for me, after every single shoot, I want to debrief on my performance because I want to constantly grow, and I, I want constructive criticism as, like, all the time. On literally every aspect of my life because I want to be growing. I want to be better. I'm so career driven. Like I am so career driven. I want to get better, especially with TV. Like my God, most women don't have a career in TV past like 35. Um, So I'm running out of time. Um, And so I think that was just kind of it. It was just me being like, oh, like, so what do you think? And then there's another like female reporter and he said that she was better than me. And I was like, Oh, interesting. Like, why is that? And then it just kind of like, it led to another, well, that's not constructive criticism. That's, that's what they call like, well, it's a brutal honesty, which isn't a good thing. Exactly. But it, it's, it's knowing those boundaries. And so that's something we've talked about and worked on. Yeah. And us as a, a close team of three that are spending lots of time. That's something right. we've really worked on is knowing our boundaries, knowing, okay, what topics are off limits, what are our key, like, code words for, like, this is getting too far? And we actually do have code words. Like, sure. Where it's like, okay, this is done. And, yeah, I do have topics that are off limits. Yeah. Or uh, I don't I don't want to hear it. And it's actually helped us a lot because um, I haven't a little bit ago. And we've had, yeah, like, these team building. We had, like, a team building guy come in and do all these assessments of, like, how we are. And to better understand why we weren't, where we were clashing or we weren't. And. Yeah, ultimately. But it's really interesting because then when I film with any other videographer, I always perform better. So I, th- I think it. I think that really, even though like I say like I'm getting over it, blah blah blah, I, I think it still it really is stuck in my head. Yeah, you don't have that in the back of the head, back of your head when you kind of like because presumably you see him as your your recording, correct? Oh yeah, yeah. He's so right like, in front of me. Yeah, it's just, he's telling it's, me to retake things every time I do a voiceover. He's in it's the just room, in right? your face. Yeah, I do think he does. I like things better, as I said, as I've developed my persona and my personality that I'm going to come forward with. He likes that. He is taking a bit more of what I say seriously, so that feels good. Only time will tell. Yeah. You know, ultimately, I think the best thing is just having those boundaries right. with people and just being like, you know, these topics are off limits. We can joke. We can be friendly, but we will be friends. Um, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and there's certain things that I can only talk about with my friends. And that's just tough, too, because we're a team of three. And my producer, like, her and I literally talk about everything. Everything. <laughs> Maybe too much. Um, but, yeah, it's just it's just knowing. And we, live, we work in an open concept space, right? right. So no walls. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, that's tough, too, because then you're literally always hearing... 
everything that everyone says. Hopefully not awful comments from him. <laughs> yes, everything. Oh, everything geez. all the time and knowing about all my nitty-gritty details about my life. It's great. Fun. <laughs> yeah. It's probably like if you were to have the conversation with them, they'd be like, oh, my God, Shelby. <laughs> oh, no. They would hear, yeah. Yeah. I, I have, I need to work on the boundaries of myself of what I say to people. A little bit too open. Yeah, probably. Yeah, but I like that about you. Yeah, at least someone does. Yeah, that's fair. (laughs) Um, What about any time you sort of like screwed up spectacularly at work or failed just horrendously at work? Um, hmm. I don't fail. I'm perfect. No, you're you're absolutely perfect. Uh, No, I mean, I guess I can think about like performance wise, like. Uh, we were recently in Toronto doing a shoot and uh, I had lines that I had to memorize. I was so conk out tired though. I couldn't memorize anything. Like everything I'd worked to memorize, it was gone. And so I kept just like repeating and then fucking up again and then just going and I I just kept fucking up. Honestly, that's just it. And, uh, luckily like my producer was, uh, very kind and just said, listen, we're just going to have to reset and do this tomorrow. Like you can't do it. So like, I don't want to say like, I usually feel pretty bad when yeah. I screw up a shoot that doesn't make me feel good. Of course. Well, uh, I, I, yeah. You know, <laughs> obviously, not. but at the same time, like I'm starting to like continue to learn. Like that's part of it. Like everyone fucks up sometimes, especially in a performance thing. Like I can't turn it on all the time. Like, you know, what am I going to do? It's clearly not going to work. So why am I going to like hate myself for going and going and going and trying and then it's never going to work. That's, you know, that's it's fair. better sometimes to just reset. Yeah, exactly. Hit the reset button. So yeah, I'd say that's, I don't know. That's at least the thing that comes to my head where I'm like royally fucked up the most. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I sound super cocky and I am, but like. Just a little know. bit. You say I'm arrogant. You're arrogant. I'm cocky. It's okay. Okay. <laughs> it's the delivery. It's how you deliver. Right. So I want to know what your biggest fuck up was. Um, I think I already I already talked about it on the first episode where I would just be like, sorry, I don't listen. I know, I know. I where I would just be first like, time guest, I never would, listener. Yeah, yeah, thanks. Where I'd just be like lazy at work and trying to fake my way through something, or like I missed something when it came to like a security, like a pen test or a vulnerability assessment. Oh. Nothing like horrendous, but like when, when you've been interviewing people, have you ever insulted anyone or alienated anyone? Good question. Cause that, that to me sounds like a pretty awesome, like it could be potentially a pretty awesome fuck up. Yeah, true. Um, I'm trying to think about people I've interviewed. I mean, I've had people that I've interviewed that have just flat out not liked me. Okay. Yeah, okay. I've had that. Actually, here's here's a fuck up. Sure. I don't think it was that big of a fuck up, but here's a controversial okay. controversial thing, which actually sparked the whole um, my videographer being shady to me because right. he was frustrated with what happened. So we were in San Francisco, um, inter- and we were doing an interview with a uh, game developer for Xbox. Okay. Uh, not a game developer. He was a designer. Great. Uh, different job. <laughs> um, so we were interviewing him. As I was prepared for the interview, he was something that turned out to be completely different. My whole interview 
got completely screwed up. Every right. information that he gave me about the interview was wrong. So therefore, all my questions that I had worked on memorized were gone out the door. And all the, the, you know, when I go into an interview, I know the clips. Like, I know what I want them to say. Yeah. So it's about how do I ask questions to get them to say what I want them to say so that it can make, uh, it can work for our story. Of course. You know. So when that turned out to be not true, I'm like, okay, what's the angle of my thing now? You know, what, how am I going to work on this? So I just kind of needed a moment, like one-on-one with him where like I'm focusing, understand like my job's performance. It doesn't matter if he likes you videographer. doesn't matter if he likes you producer. He has to like me. Yeah. Like when I'm in front of the camera and I'm interviewing someone, they have to like me, not anyone else. Because the more they like me, the more they're going to tell me and the more it's going to work and ultimately make all of our jobs better, mm-hmm. right? Unfortunately, I think he was feeling very self-conscious and that he didn't do a good job right. because he fucked up in getting the right information. So I was trying to have this one-on-one conversation with the designer and he, my videographer was just standing so close to me, eavesdropping, but almost like just more than that, like way too close just in my personal bubble and obviously I'm frustrated with him right now I just need my space and I I need to be in my head like Mm -hmm. focused doing my job and so I basically said I was like oh Duke we'll call him that (laughs) you're standing too close to me like you need to back up yeah and then he didn't and I was like listen you're in my bubble like please back (laughs) off he didn't again so I backed up yeah and I continued on my conversation with our guest. Um, did he, he didn't even, like that. Did he even react to you saying no. this? Or just completely? I think he was so in his own head and knowing uh, what type of person he was. Yeah. He just did not understand. And we've, we've talked about the certain things like in all, all our roles is we're all in our own heads. We're all trying to get the same goal achieved mm-hmm. in that we're trying to make the best piece possible whether that be a four minute piece a one hour piece like whatever it is we're trying to do the best that we can with that goal set in mind right um obviously mine comes from the reporter perspective right i want to get those sound clips i'm trying to get that person to like me i'm trying to make sure that i'm angled and i'm still in my my spot for mm-hmm. the camera that my my hair isn't rubbing up against <laughs> My hair isn't coming up against my microphone or anything like that. So, you know, there's so many things to think about. Yeah. And, you know, that. but then they're in their head and, you know, he's thinking about the lighting and the white balance. And, yeah. you know, is everyone in focus? Is everyone in frame? Is their mic still working? Um, so everyone has their own goal. And mm-hmm. so we all get in our own heads a little bit. And so our biggest thing has been about uh, communicating that more i don't know it's that i wouldn't really say that that was like a big thing but it was probably the biggest uh interview fuck up that i did was just you know i should have just calmed myself a little bit more like not been so abrasive but i don't know sometimes you can't care about hurting people's feelings of course (laughs) <laughs> you know <laughs> so like that yeah that's not so like not so bad in terms of overall no I, like i just think i think generally the biggest thing has just been like when people don't like me like i i have had some interviews where they just 
uh, they don't want to talk to me. And whether it be, like, because of my age. Okay. My, I think my age sometimes has gotten into it. Where right. Where I think I'm looked at like I'm an intern or something. And I look young, too, right? You do, yeah. So if that's kind of all the perception they're getting of me... And if I haven't been the one to, like, set up the interview or done the pre-interview with them, then they're seeing me the first time, and I think they're kind of like, what's she about? Um, I can tell you a funny story about an interview once. Sure. I interviewed with a guy, and I guess he, like, used to be in the NHL on the Winnipeg team. The Jets, um, yes. Okay, yes, there you go. <laughs> the Winnipeg team. I don't know, but yeah. this was like in 93, right? Like, yeah. he was on the team 93, maybe for like two years. And I, if I told like anyone his name, I bet no one would know who he is, because I have. Do you have, his, do you have his name offhand? Yeah, but can I expose it? Jim Kite. K-Y-T. K-Y-T? K-Y-T-E. Um, but yeah, he was like Pretty saying, old, yeah, that's what he said. And he's saying that he, like, got he still gets, like, 25 uh, fan mail letters, like, every week. Okay. And I'm like, oh, my God, calm down. I don't even know who you are. You're not that special. So, uh, top video hit. Jim Kite goes crazy, unleashes a beating. Oh, my God. So maybe you were in the right. Maybe this Jim Kite guy is pretty awful. Uh, maybe. I don't know. How serious <laughs> is he with, like... With the team. Did I get the right team? Winnipeg? Yes. Well, yes. You had Winnipeg, yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, it just shows my memory. Because, like, that story I did, like, maybe, like, four months ago. Oh. Five months ago. So, for me to remember that detail, I was yeah. like... Well, he was drafted in the first round. Okay. So, was he good? That's usually pretty good indicator. Right. But that was, <laughs> once again, it was back in the 90s. Sure. Yeah. You know? Like, who cares? And he's, like, he's... He works at uh, the the college now at Algonquin College. Like, not even like, I don't know. This is just what I'm saying. Like, yeah. I wasn't that impressed with him. I didn't care about his fan letters. Maybe that's why he didn't like me because I Probably. just wasn't buying like, it. I yeah, was like, yeah. you're like, yeah, yeah, come on. What, yeah. what else have you done, old man? Exactly. I don't, I don't, I don't care what. I'm like, I don't care. Yeah. But yeah, he like wasn't like my producer. Even had to say multiple times, he's like, no, Shelby's interviewing yeah. you. <laughs> Shelby, quit rolling your eyes. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Oh, my God. Oh, I just wasn't impressed with yeah. him. That's fair. I, no one can impress me by saying, like, that doesn't impress me. Whatever. You played in the NHL. I don't care. Good for you. Like, so, I don't care. So kind. Uh, well, I don't know. I guess it's yeah. just those type of things, like, don't they don't impress me more than, like, someone who, like, has done anything else. I think everyone's got their story. Everyone's done something. Everybody has skills. Yeah, fair. Exactly. And I don't want you to think that you're better than anyone else just because you've played in the NHL. Like, great. And that's the thing. Like, if I talk about this for a little bit, a lot of people are really impressed when you say that you work on TV. Don't know why. But, like, it's not, it's not that special, I guess. I think because there's that sort of fame and prestige. Yeah, exactly. With it. And I yeah. think, I think that's where it, it's associated with, with like, you know, like the NHL and all that type of stuff. But it's like, Oh my god! Like it's not that it's not that special. Like I don't I don't know. I guess like yeah. I don't think it's that special. My job, like obviously, like I'm super happy about it. But like I'm super happy to work in it. But I don't think of myself as like any better or worse than anyone else. Well, that's a pretty solid attitude to have. I know I have a solid attitude about yes, everything. Well, okay. Speaking of skills and cockiness, I now believe we're going to go play Mortal Kombat. Hell yeah! So, 
So you were allegedly going to beat me at this. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to beat you at everything. Okay, sounds good. So uh, thank you very much for listening to the episode. Uh, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at sjobcast. And if you have any questions, comments, etc., please email me at sjobcast at gmail.com. Thank you very much.